what is going on everybody it's been a uh a long long time it's like a, it's something like a 36 day hiatus i know i said i'd be gone like a week or two weeks so yeah we we stretched that out just a little bit but uh back just in time you know it was voluntary mini camp for the bills therefore it's voluntary for us to be here not a mandatory campus starting is mandatory for us to be back but i'm glad to be back i got my guys in the building with me NFL pedigrees with the calling former NFL running back James Mallory. Mal, what's going on, my man? What's going on? What's going on, man? We back at it, man. Y'all know, <laughs> miss y'all boys, man. So, hey, y'all know we about to give the people what they want. Got to buy at the bottom here, our guys. You guys know me. If you watch any of the Bills live interviews, or if you even listen, our guy Mookie Hawkins, who if you ask the viewers of the Buffalo Bills, he asks the best questions that are actually about football. So, <laughs> Mook, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? What's up? Ready for another season, baby? That's it. See, I mean, I, I, you know, and it does it does feel like the season is starting. So, one of the things that uh, you know, one of the reasons we weren't on air is obviously I was I was out traveling. I, I did take a, a real vacation, by the way. You know, I came to Buffalo. We did. I saw Mook at the uh, Micah Hyde charity softball game, which was awesome. Couldn't come at a better time when it did. Um, you know, obviously with everything that happened around the city. And then I went down to Miami. And you know what I was surprised? It's funny. So we went we went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Miami. And no matter where I went, it was a direct flight from Connecticut to, uh, for, for, to Florida. Buffalo Bills gear is everywhere. It's literally everywhere. In all airports, on all the beaches, in every restaurant. I don't think there was a day down in Florida or my travels from Florida um, that I didn't see Bill's gear somewhere. And I mean, that just goes to show how well the mafia is spread out, how well they travel, but how much support that this team actually has around the world. And I don't think people realize that. Yeah. It's real. It's real, man. The bills. I mean, you got to realize we, we just, uh, been rolling with them for so long, man. It's, it's just, we excited to see them win, but how, how the country look at them now is that, Man, these dudes is for real. And then we got a superstar quarterback, which we'll talk about more. Uh, it's, it's a lot to be excited about, not just here in Buffalo, but just football fans around the country. Right, right. I mean, Mook, I mean, I know you've traveled for football throughout the years. Has, has it ever hit you or dawned on you? Like, just when, not obviously, not we were we going to a Bills away game and we know how the fans travel, but just somewhere, just somewhere different, another state, a different city. And just like, damn, man, there's a lot of Bills hats around here. Just. Yeah, or you just hear the slogan, hey, hey, hey. you're like, what the hell am I? Like, I'm Nebraska. <laughs> like, what the fuck? What? what is going on out here? But I guess we have taken over that, you know, that 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 brand of you know America's team. You know, I mean, that was you know the Cowboys thing, but I think we kind of like took that away from them slowly when we beat them on Thanksgiving. Guess what? That matchup is slowly coming full circle next year. I'm quite sure the Bills are going to play the Cowboys again on Thanksgiving since we are such Thanksgiving darlings now. You know what I mean? So it comes full circle. But I think the Bills have taken on um, that title as being this American team, especially with all the hype surrounding them this year. You know, them being the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. And like you said, we're going to talk about that in just a minute about Right. You know, Josh Allen and superstar status and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's great. You know what I mean? I mean, I, my, I'm, I'm, I'm in lesser arguments now. You know what I mean? Because everybody, I guess, believe 
you know, in the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, I'm, I'm in less arguments. There's still a few haters out there that we got to debate from time to time. But mm-hmm. for the most part, everybody knows that the Bills are serious. Uh, they're a legitimate contender. And, you know, it's been a long time coming for that. But, you know, the Bills got to go out there and, and, and get it done. Right. I mean, getting it done, it starts now. Um, you know, this next coming weeks is going to be crucial. We got a lot of guys in camp. Uh, obviously, tonight, as Mook mentioned, a couple of things we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about Josh Allen and, you know, his stardom. We're going to be bringing up, talking about Tavon Austin, because that's a hot topic right now. And, I, and maybe, and if it's not a hot topic, it should be about what role he's going to play within this Bills team if he makes this team and who he directly affects. Because I think that, I know from that, me and James, we kind of disagree a little bit on who he actually directly affects on this roster. And then uh, one of the things we're going to talk about, you know, some of the news and notes this week was obviously uh, – Tremaine Edmonds interview talking about his contract and Leslie Frazier talking about let coach less saying essentially like the fifth year linebacker needs to make more splash plays. That's what he needs to add to his game now moving forward. So I'm going to get you guys thoughts on that in a second. And also Tremaine saying that, Hey, yeah, his, his contract is uh in the back of his mind right now. You know, he's, he's, it, it's on his mind. You know, if he can, if he can secure a long-term deal with the Bills, if he can secure one for agency, whatever the case may be, but that's on his mind. And I want to know what you guys think that, how that plays into effect, because different positions are different things, but how does plays in effect for Tremaine Atmos going this season? But James, I'll start with you. Um, we're going to talk about the uh, Tremaine Atmos and Leslie Frazier saying he needs to make more splash plays. What essentially do you think he is saying in that statement? Um, the way I look at that is, is – Plays is going to directly impact the game, like interceptions, forced fumbles, um, you know, things like that. Make you know big fourth down stops on the just say on the goal line, or you know things like that. Those splash plays that flip the game like immediately. So I think those are the plays they're kind of looking for uh, out of Tremaine Edmonds. Um, I'm, I just don't know if he's ever going to be that type of guy. To be honest with you, um, not saying he can't make those plays. I just don't think he'll ever be that type of guy making a ton of splash plays. He's going to be a very good linebacker, you know, and that's what he's going to be. I don't think he'll ever be an elite linebacker, but I think he's always going to be a good to very good uh, linebacker in the NFL. Yeah, Mook. I know Tremaine Edmonds is a guy that you know you he's hot and cold on a little bit. You know, splashy plays. Is that something that he can actually do for this football team? Um, I think. I think he can, but I mean, it's really up to Leslie Frazier on how they really use him. I mean, if you're going to just drop him back 20 yards and have him read and react, then I don't know how many more splashy plays you think he can make when you got him dropping back 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage reading and reacting, you know? So, I mean, um, it goes both ways. Um, With this new defense online, you, you should definitely see a better Tremaine Edmonds. Um, if you don't, then you you won't see a contract extension. I can tell you that. But I think Tremaine is going to have a good season. I, I think he's – I mean, I think he's going to have a breakout season. I mean, here in year five, but he's already been to a few Pro Bowls. But I think that it's time for him, like everybody's saying, to make those splashy plays. But the Bills have to use him in such, you know, like when he, you know, blitzing more. Uh, you know, disguise the coverage where he's blitzing and dropping off into coverage. Like, you got to move him around to make plays. Like, I go back to, you know, how Dallas used Micah Parsons. If we can use 
a Tremaine Emmons in that sense, then yeah, you will definitely see more flashy plays. But as far as just dropping him back 20 yards behind the line of scrimmage, reading and reacting, um, you know, it's something that I think um, he's going to have to, you know, process. I asked him what are, what was some of the things that he want to improve on. It's just like just trusting his eyes more, you know what I mean? So, you know, just reading what you see. Um, don't hesitate, you know, because you know this is an NFL. In a split second, if you you if you off that split second, then it's 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 good night. You know what I mean? You cannot have slow eyes. You cannot read late, and it's a fraction of seconds when that happens. So, you know, I, I think that it's a process, and you know he's only 24, just turned 24 years old. So hopefully we'll see that maturation and just that this it just naturally kicks in. You know what I mean? As far as his development. And then, you know, you'll start seeing him make a little bit more plays this year. Yeah. James, anything to add to that on our guy Tremaine? Yeah, I mean, I'm a little nervous because I think he's going to have a great year. And his price tag is going to be crazy. You know what people will pay for. He's going to be 25 years old next year in free agency. Well, he'll be 24 year old, years old in free agency, but 25 years old during next season. You know how much people have paid for a two- to three-time Pro Bowl 25-year-old linebacker? You know how much you going to get on the open market, man? Bills mm-hmm. fans that, that talk down about them, they they, they they crazy as hell, man. I mean, you're talking about a 25-year-old linebacker that can hit for agency. How rare is that? That's been the multiple Pro Bowls. That dude, going, he's going to get ridiculous. His contract going to be ridiculous. I think he's going to price himself out of both. I hope we can keep him. I I like him. I'm a huge fan. Um, I think he's going to have a, a fantastic season, especially with that new D-line, like Mookie said. And I think he's going. his price tag is going to be through the roof. Yeah. You know, I mean, I guess my thoughts on Tremaine is just, like I said, I think we all want to see improvement here. Um, I think that he's been solid. But I don't think he's been as good as advertised, if I could say it correctly. He's been solid, but he hasn't been good as advertised. There's another level that we're that we're still reaching for, and that we're all looking for. Now, some people are kind of unrealistic, in my opinion. They're looking for a level of Luke Keekley or Ray Lewis, and that ain't the level of player he is, or he probably will ever be, to be honest. Even Darius Leonard or Fred Warner. But I think that there's a ceiling that he hasn't reached yet. I'm hoping he reaches that ceiling. I'm hoping that possibly maybe this contract situation is a positive. Maybe that maybe that creates a uh, a sense of urgency that hey I need to be better I need to be better right now, and we get that out of him because personally I guess I'm with you James. I think at the end of the day it's going to come down to are you going to resign Tremaine Edmonds or you're going to resign Ed Oliver? We've been saying that for a long time. I personally think it's going to be Ed Oliver. Me too. Um, unless Tremaine wants to take some type of reduced deal, I don't personally see that happening. If but he's thinking about they're going to have some money. No, they're going to have money, but I just I just don't see them allocating money to Tremaine and Ed, you know, especially if it's not if it's not going to have that breakout year that we're looking for and reach that ceiling that we're looking for, especially in year five, because I know a lot of people say the same thing. Well, he's only this age, but he's been playing for five years. I could told you the same damn thing about a Moby Okoye when the Texans drafted him at 19. You know what I mean? He never reached that ceiling and it didn't matter how old he was. Well, he just wasn't a good football player, though. No, no, no. He wasn't a good football player. But I I don't want to compare him to Tremaine as far as football player because I'm not saying that Tremaine is a bad football player. I don't want anybody to get that. No, I do understand. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. But end of the day, it's just 
we need him to hit that ceiling. If this team is going to win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl, we need him to be there. We need him to make those plays because every time we've played the Chiefs, and nothing against Tremaine, but he's always been non-existent versus Kansas City. I, I can't remember one play he's made versus Kansas City. Any game that we play out of the last, what, three to four games we played him, I can't think of it. Not one, not one play comes to mind. And that's a problem. That's – I mean, you know what it is? is mm-hmm. And I'm saying it's you, and I said it before in the past, people look at his measurables. They look at these 6'4", 250. He runs a mm-hmm. four or five, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks he's supposed to be he's he's not a physical, just he's not coming down and smacking people in the face. He's not that. Yeah. He's more of a finesse type of dude. And that's just his style. You know, and a lot of people, fans have unrealistic. They obviously don't a lot of fans don't watch a lot of film, obviously. He's never been that dude. And people expected him to come from Virginia Tech, where he came off the edge more. He played outside, where the Bills converted him to a middle. And they expected him to be just this dude that's this Ray Lewis. He's filling the gap, blasting people. That's just not his game. His game is to be, he's more finesse. He uses athletic ability. He flies around. If you watch, the man flies around the football field and he makes plays. That's just not naturally what he do. So if fans are expecting that, you're a damn fool. It's just not who he is. It's not going to happen. That's just like you expecting, you know, Alvin Kamara to be just – like a Jerome Bettis next year, just because he's 220 pounds, just start running people over. That's not what he do. It's the same thing with Tremaine Edmonds. That's not what he do. You know, he's more of a finesse guy. He's going to read. You know, obviously, got to get a little better, like trusting his eyes. But he's going to be a dude that's going to fly around the football field and make plays. He's not going to be a, a mauler just coming down the field, just punching dudes in the face. That's not his game. Yeah. I mean, I guess my thing is this with him, and Mook, I'll, I'll let you uh, finish up on this topic. When it does come, when it does come to Tremaine Edmonds, I feel like what the Bills coaching staff is looking for is, as you mentioned, that athleticism, James, that four or five speed, that's six four, that two hundred fifty pound, that wingspan that he has. They're trying to convert that athleticism into, into plays, into turnovers, and I think that he can do that. And hopefully, this year, I don't know if it's that he sits back in the box. But maybe we see him take a few more chances and use it. Take, take your chances. Take your shots. It ain't going to hurt you um, too much. It ain't going to hurt us no more than it hurt us in other games we play against people and we didn't take chances. So, Mook, close it off on that one. I just think that what, what we got, what we did up front is going to make him a better player. I mean, you look at when we had Shaq and when we had, had Jordan the, the first time. He made the Pro Bowl that year, right? If I'm not mistaken, right? He made the Pro Bowl when Jordan Phillips and Shaq were there, right? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so they're back now with Von Miller and Greg Rousseau. So, you know, I just think that he's just going to have a breakout year um, just because it's just time for him to have it. Like, naturally, it just really kicks in. Um, you know, it kicked in for Dawson Knox. It kicked in for Josh Allen. Uh, now it's the time to kick in for Tremaine Edmonds. Um, you know, I just think that he's just going to have a good year just because having that new defensive front is going to allow him to play a little bit more freer and, you know, he'll be able to read more quicker, diagnose plays and make them, you know, when need be, you know what I mean? So you, it, it, it kind of correlates to those flashy plays that everybody is wanting and talking about. Right. So once again, when you got a, a guy like Jordan Phillips, that's six, five, 335 pounds with a motor, 
that's going to demand a double team. And then you got Ed Oliver over here in the three tech, just killing the guard. Then when you got Von Miller over here, one on one with that tackle. And then when you got Greg Rousseau on the other side, that's going to keep Tremaine Edmonds very, very clean to just, you know, play a little bit more free. And that's where the splashy plays will come in. So I think, you know, he's going to have a breakout year just because of that. They was a number one defense master without the, without the new defensive line. So, you know, that's what makes it all exciting now just to see. I get a chance to see it, you know, once a week, you know, uh, during OTAs. And I'm just like, wow, teams just don't have no idea what they're really going to be in store for. Bill's Mafia is really not going to know until training camp when they get the, a first glimpse of St. John's Fisher. So <laughs> I'm just really excited, you know, about about this team right now. I can tell you that, right? No, most definitely, man. But like I said, hopefully we, we get what we're looking for out of them. Um, end of the day, you know, one of the biggest things to it, Tremaine, and, I, and I, I'll put this statement on record now, for what the Bills won't pay for, the Jets and Jags always will. So <laughs> he's going to get – Tremaine Emma's going to yeah. get extended midseason, bro. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just going to get extended midseason. If the Rams got so. money, I, best believe the Bills got money. I, I hope so. I, I like, like Tremaine, but just, just in case anybody should wonder – what, what your team will not pay for, the Jets and Jags always will. So there's always a bag to be gotten in Jacksonville or New York. I'm not saying there's a lot of W's going to come with it, but you will get your bag. You can ask C.J. Mosley. But <laughs> moving forward, actually C.J. Mosley and Joe Schobert, that's both of those guys. So actually moving forward, uh, our quarterback, man. Me and James were talking earlier, right? And we were going over this, the question of, is Bills quarterback Josh Allen the biggest superstar possibly at this point in time in Bills history? We're not talking about Super Bowl wins. We're not talking about Super Bowl trophies. We're talking about just pure popularity and superstardom. And I, I think this is a question that we need to ask and that we need to, and one of the topics we need to talk about because having a guy like that on your friend, your franchise, A, obviously we know that's money. That's marketing. That's money. Obviously, we got a new stadium coming up where this guy's when it goes up, this guy will be what 20, 28, 29 years old, still in his prime, right? Mm-hmm. And it brings attention to the team and it brings attention to the city, which is an overall win-win. We've seen what happens to small market teams when the quarterback leaves, retires, whether he leaves, asks for a trade. We see what can happen. So I guess the question is: is Josh Allen? the most popular player possibly in Bill's history. James, you want to kick this one off? This is a, <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, right. I'm going to say yes next to mm-hmm. T.O. Okay. Um, you know, obviously Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, you know, those guys are popular. I think that the what changes the game is social media now. You know, when, you know, we back in the 90s, those teams didn't have social media uh, to really, you know, brighten their stars, so to say. Right. So I will have to say right now, I'm going to have to go with yes. Uh, from Off of popularity, yes. Uh, let me even stir the pot a little bit more. Josh Allen is the best quarterback in the Bills history. Jim Kelly, best season was not better than Josh Allen's season last year. To me, Josh Allen is already the best quarterback in Bill's history. People can get pissed at me, mad at me. It is what it is. That's just that's my opinion. 
Okay, Mook, you got to follow that Jim Kelly comment. Man. <laughs> well, we all know. I mean, when you yeah. finally draft, when you finally draft, I mean, the Bills have not drafted a quarterback mm. in the first round since Jim Kelly. I mean, J.C. Lossman, okay, that don't count. Oh, but right? J.P. Lossman, that don't count. Right. That don't count. But since then, okay, we can say J.P. Lossman. The Bills have not really drafted, had a franchise quarterback of that magnitude since Jim mm. Kelly. The, the last best quarterback they had probably was Doug Flutie, and then you throw Tyrod in there. You know what I mean? You have and to then throw now here comes Josh. Then you got Josh Allen, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I have to agree with that. Whenever, look, whenever you're playing golf on national television and y'all raise $32 million just because, <laughs> okay, and, and, and you're playing with Mahomes, you're playing with Brady, and you're playing – where Aaron Rodgers, I mean, those are the top four quarterbacks in the game right now. The baby goats versus the old goats, you know, if you will. Right. You know, I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, and everybody, look, nobody plays golf, but every football fan wants that golf match. Everybody went home and watched that match just because Josh Allen was playing in the match with Brady and all that stuff. Right. I mean, people learned how to play golf just by watching the match, by watching four quarterbacks. It was four quarterbacks, probably the most televised golf event of the year was four quarterbacks playing golf instead of the Masters, instead of any other PGA <laughs> tournament that was that was going on. Four quarterbacks playing golf probably was the most watched golf event of the year. So, yeah, we, I mean, Josh Allen is definitely a star in the making. I don't want to give him that superstar status yet, but he's definitely a star in the making. You know what I mean? And the stage is set for him to, you know, take the reins with him and Patrick Mahomes being the next Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But when you look at Jim Kelly's era, it was too many dog quarterbacks. You know what I mean? From it was. Fire, Troy Aikman. You know what I mean? It was a long, long list. And then once again, the Bills being in a small market that they are back then in the 90s, even though we was winning those Super Bowls, still didn't warrant the the the, the star status of what it is now, like James attested to with how it is in social media and so many damn platforms that you can market yourself. You know what I mean? That you can market yourself. You know what I mean? In this day and age, imagine if there was Twitter and, and, and Facebook and all that stuff during the Bills Super Bowl times. You know what I mean? Um, you know, what, what, what Bills Mafia was doing back then. But now this this the social media platform has just took it to a whole nother level. And yeah, I, I have to say that. Yeah. Josh Allen is definitely, you know, the most celebrated Buffalo Bill at this point. But that's just what it was. I mean, he was drafted to come in and be the franchise guy. And, and, and shatter all of Jim Kelly's records. And, you know, so far, <laughs> that's happening. You know what I mean? Now, if he win, uh, go ahead and win a Super Bowl, then, you know, <laughs> Forget everything is forgiven. Everything from the Music City Miracle to Wide Right to 13 Seconds to right. everything in Buffalo Bills history is forgiven. If Josh Allen can lead the Bills to a Super Bowl this year. All right. And win. So... So I got I got these uh I got a couple guys that I, I would put probably um near him, maybe Kyrie them, but I, I would say at this point I think Josh Allen is probably the second most popular Buffalo Bill of all time. 
The first being still to this day for very for, uh, for various reasons is still the Jews OJ Simpson. Okay, I don't know what reason you know him for or why you know him. I forgot about that. <laughs> but OJ Simpson is the most popular Buffalo Bill. <laughs> to who it is, to whomever it is, and you want to know him for is what you want to know him for. I know him for the 2,000 yards and 14 games, okay? So when you look at it, and I was going through this list, right? And, okay, I, I start with Jim Kelly. And I back to your point, Mookie, where there was a lot of dogs at quarterback. Jim Kelly was very popular, but he didn't win the Super Bowls. And in the 90s, in that time period, it was about being a, quarter, a winning a quarterback winning Super Bowl. He wasn't necessarily mentioned with Phil Sims. He wasn't necessarily mentioned with Brett Favre after he got older. He wasn't mentioned with Troy Aikman because he didn't win the Super Bowl. So I put it, he was in, he was in tier two of his era, right? And he didn't even put Elway above Kelly back in this era. And some will put Marino above him at the time. Marino was more a more popular quarterback than Jim Kelly at the time. And certainly Joe Montana and certainly Steve Young. So he was tier two. So then I went to my man Thurman. Now Thurman's my favorite running back of all time. But when we really look back at it, he was also tier two. There was Barry, there was Walter, there was Emmett. Hold on, and, bro. You don't well, need the NFL. Yeah, so he created that stuff. He was that. No, I understand that, but I'm talking I sheer po- I'm talking sheer popularity here. I'm talking popularity. It's not about see. I'm not I'm taking the numbers. Not com- almost completely mm-hmm. out of here. Popularity wise, Thurman Thomas was never put in that category. Do I think that was completely unfair? Absolutely, because you to this day you don't get to an Austin Eckler, you don't get to an Alva Kamara, you don't even get to a Reggie Bush if you didn't have a Thurman Thomas come first. And, and that's that's me be keeping it real. You don't get to those guys if you don't have a Thurman Thomas come first. Thurman didn't necessarily have a three hundred and fifty pound office line across the board like Emmett Smith. All right, and he didn't get the ball fed to him like Barry Sanders got the ball fed to him in Detroit. So in all fairness, Thurman Thomas really was the one who made that offense go. So then I moved along to Andre Reed. And I said, okay, where does Andre Reed fall? Andre Reed wasn't even tier two of his group. He was like tier three because he wasn't mentioned with Jerry Rice and those guys. Hall of Fame receiver. All these guys are Hall of Famers, and I'm not taking anything away from their careers, but we're talking about popularity here. He wasn't a tier one. Josh Allen right now has not won a Super Bowl, hasn't even played in one. And he's being mentioned in tier one. As you said, Moot, the two GOATs, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, which is the standard. And then it's him and Mahomes. It ain't Burrow. It ain't Lamar Jackson out there. They could have put one of those guys out there. They didn't. It's Josh. Why? Because Josh's market was hell. You saw the video. He's partying with LeBron James this offseason. That's huge. That's a crossover sport. That's like going back to MVP sports. If anybody's old enough to remember this, with Michael Jordan, John Elway, and Wayne Gretzky. MVP sports, look it up back in the 90s. Um, that I think him and Brittany Britt Will was with Deal Dua Leap or somebody at some award show. Like he's getting paparazzi follow him in California, and that's not the market he plays football in. That's when you're uh, that's when you're approaching superstardom. And that's where he's headed. And that's why I say he may be the most popular of all time outside of O.J. Simpson. And, yeah, you know, I'm with you, James. I put T.O. third. You know why I put T.O. third? Because T.O. came to Buffalo at the right time. Hell, we gave like a 34-year-old Terrell Owens a key to the city. 
and, and then he came in and, and damn near gave you a stack too, though. He came and represented. No, I'm not. He didn't play bad, but just the whole point that goes to show the levels of popularity and where we've been at. When you get a 34 year receiver, and we sign him to a one year, eight million dollar deal, and I still remember like, yes, sir, nine million dollar deal. Like, was well, yesterday, we give him a key to city and a private jet as soon as he gets here. That means that we, we ain't had too many marketable people in the last decade. Yeah, I remember the day he there. signed. I remember all that and everything. <laughs> you know, the Bills do know how to sell tickets. I tell them that. We might not win Russ many football games back then, but they did know how to sell tickets. You know, I mean, Russ, Russ Brandon, Russ Brandon you know, didn't know a lot about football operations, but he he'll he'll sell, he'll sell you he'll sell water mm-hmm. to a well now. But the market has changed. I mean, the reason yeah. why Jim Kelly and them didn't get that because back then, with no social media, you know, mm-hmm. I mean. The market was small. You know what I mean? When you look at Emmitt Smith, Dallas, come on, we're talking Texas. You're looking at John Elway and, you know, out there on the West Coast in Denver, in California, Ken, went to Stanford. When we talk about, uh, you know, the Montanas and the Youngs, we, we, you know, this is California. This is San Francisco. Brett Favre, Green Bay is probably the most traditionalist franchise in the NFL. Right. All right. So Buffalo was a real, real, real small market. Now, Green Bay is. But Green Bay is way more historic than Buffalo at that point in time. You know what I mean? Still is. But, you know, the market really didn't call for it. But the sign of the times, things have drastically changed. You know what I mean? Things have drastically changed. And then, you know, Josh Allen is from California now. You know what I mean? So he's going to get recognized out there in California all day long. You know what I mean? Who's going to miss somebody that's 6'5", 245 pounds <laughs> with a strong arm that's compared to Cam Newton out there? All right. You know, I mean, he's definitely a recognizable face, especially what, you know, he's done the last game, that Kansas City game. The whole world fell in love with Josh Allen. You know yeah. what I mean? The whole world fell in love with Josh Allen. The whole world felt sorry for Josh Allen because they wanted to see Josh Allen, you know, get that ball one more time because he's he, he played his ass off in that game. And Mahomes was the villain, and everybody, you know, wanted Josh Allen to win. So guess what happened this year? Everybody is rooting for Josh Allen, but he fits the personality of it. You know what I mean? And that's a different thing, too. You know, something that Jim Kelly don't have. You know what I mean? J- Josh Allen fits that mold you know what i mean he he he's embracing it and he don't change up he he is who he is you know what i mean i right. can say that about josh he is who he is he's so humble you know what i mean that it's i mean damn it's contagious that's why right. you know people you know these these his teammates will run through a damn wall for him right now i'll run through a wall for the guy you know what i mean just right. being around him and knowing the type of person he is it's contagious, bro. And, you know, everybody want to see that guy succeed, including the, everybody that's at one Bill's drive all the way up to us three right here. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tell you what. Once he win this Super Bowl this year, we ain't even going to have to even address this anymore. <laughs> right. And, and, and you know what? Pass OJ. And, oh, yeah. He'll surpass OJ at that point. As you said, all will be forgiven. <laughs> Oh, for beginning. <laughs> Maybe not that, but I'm we try. Say, I don't we, know about that broccoli. We, 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 we're working on it. We're working on it. But no, you know, and I, I like what you said about Josh doesn't change up because I've had the opportunity to meet Josh I believe, three years ago now. Um, and then obviously talking to him at the softball game after the game is over. Same guy. Same guy. Three times, three times I think I interacted with Josh. Um, 
a couple years ago, Batavia Downs, uh, when we shot and we, we recorded the episode for the Ma- uh, Zach Moss's podcast last year, it's high game, same guy all three times. Doesn't change up. Now, obviously, as a football player and a superstar and a quarter and a leader, face of a franchise, do you have to protect yourself a little bit more? I, absolutely, about what you say and what you do. Absolutely. Do you have to be a little bit more guarded? You better be, 110%. But as far as personality, hasn't changed one bit. And uh, I think that's what makes him great. And then to your point, Mookie, he's absolutely loved by the world right now. Everybody's rooting for him to get one. Everybody's rooting for the Buffalo Bills. But I tell you what, they only root for you for one. Because when you start going for two, you become one. You become the villain. And he's heading for villain status at some point. <laughs> so nobody likes the, the nobody likes to get see somebody kick somebody's ass twice, two or three times, man. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But one of the biggest uh, things I, I did want to talk about tonight was uh, obviously about a few weeks ago, we signed uh, Tavon Austin. And uh, if you guys are like me and James, and you, you watch Tavon growing up, we've all, we've all, if you love football, you at some point in your life, you've probably watched some Tavon Austin, West Virginia YouTube highlights. And if you haven't, go do yourself a service and go back and watch something because you missed a lot. Obviously, the Bill signed the 32-year-old veteran, last, uh, I think two weeks ago. And some camp notes, he's been returning punts for the first team, if I'm correct, right? And that has a lot of people wondering, does it put, A, a few players on the roster bubble, B, does is he a legitimate candidate to make this roster? And C, if he does make this roster, does this solve the Bill's punt return problems? James, I know you got a lot of say on this. Tavon Austin's your guy. It, it, you know, James, when it comes to special teams, James just hearts just get beaten and raising and jumping. So I'm gonna let you get started off because I know I'm gonna let you out the cage, man. I'm gonna let you out the cage. So I, I go, I go back with, with Tavon Austin in regards to um in regards to my business and what I do. Um in regards to helping the youth recruit, helping with recruiting, developing players. I have a really, really strong tie to the DMV area. Uh, that's where I started this at, uh, United Athletic Services. Actually, we were Next Level Nation. I was with my guys in Next Level Nation. Um, and we got over 200 guys in college. Another story. But my guys are tied to Tavon Austin. I remember being in college. They're like, yo, with them, they Baltimore accent, like, yo, shorty can go. Shorty can go. They kept talking about this dude. Like, yo, who is this dude? So they... He's talking about him heavy. It's a real – and what people fail to realize, Tavon Austin, like my brother, was a running back in high school. He wasn't a receiver. Tavon Austin, only they converted him into a receiver at West Virginia to a slot. So I've been watching him for a long time. I've been a a, a fan of his game for a while now, um, going back to high school. And obviously what he did to West Virginia, then that's when everybody kind of jumped on the bandwagon. But – he he's something he's something special. Uh, he's somebody that really can get the ball. I don't know if we have a guy on the roster right now who could just get boogie like him. Mm-hmm. Isaiah McKenzie, he don't make people miss like that. He's fast. He's not elusive, and he don't got that wiggle. Tavon Austin wiggle is different. Um, and the role that I think the Bills would like him to play is perfect for his skill set. That's something he's never had in his career. They always wanted him to be like, okay, you the guy. We need you to have 80 catches. And he's not that guy. He's more of a gadget type of dude. You throw him swing routes. Uh, you get him the ball and just let him, just let him work. Uh, Mookie, you know, you probably had 
coached a bunch of players like that where he's just not the main guy, but he's a dog where you, you get him his touches and he make plays. He's never going to be, he never was going to be a hundred catches a season dude. It's not him. He can literally have 50, 60 catches, but he'll give you over a thousand yards. You know, he's that type because he got big playability. And if you look at our roster, we don't have that. We don't. Um, and I've been since Andre Roberts left, our return game, we people are lucky we haven't lost more games on special teams than we have. We could have lost games with how bad, atrocious the return game was. It was embarrassing at times. If you go back and watch film and McKenzie and all of them in the return game, it was flat out embarrassing. The offense covered up a lot of their BS. The number one defense covered up a lot of their BS. The special teams, the returners were but not good. So they needed to address that, and I've been pounding the table for that. And for me, I think this is going to take Isaiah McKenzie off the roster. In my yeah. opinion, in the role that you're asking Tavon Austin to play, you can't tell me, and we can debate this, you can't tell me one thing that Isaiah McKenzie in that role would do better than Tavon Austin. No, I mean, I, I don't I, – I personally, I don't think that – uh I don't think McKenzie went to this season even being look at front return. I think that the Bills have uh as an emergency route, possibly, but I think the Bill, I think that sale is already this ship has already sailed when the Bills resigned them. Um Mook, I'm gonna let you go in on this topic and then uh I'll follow you up, man. Tavon Austin. Oh, wait, wait, Mookie, Mook, wait a minute, you don't mute Mook. You gotta unmute yourself. <laughs> Isaiah McKenzie will make this roster. Let's not be you know, I was thinking about that. He will definitely make this roster. Um, you know, right now, McKenzie is 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 one. Uh, as far as return specialist right now, Savon Austin was two and Speedy is three. Um, I don't think that really – in the return game, I, I feel you on that, James, because McKenzie did have some issues on fielding punts. You know, now kick kickoffs is different, but – you know, fielding punts is a different type of animal. And, you know, and, and to your point, Micah Hyatt was the punt specialist, you know what I mean, during the last four games of the season, you know? So, right. You know, they that trust him to catch know, the ball. Right. That, that lets you know where, you know, Sean McDermott's trust lies at, you know what I mean, when taking care of the ball. He's a stickler on – ball security especially in special teams like just feel the damn punt we got an offense that could take it the distance at any given moment but feel the damn punt all right so uh, a guy like Tavon Austin he's experienced with more season than that that's just what he does he's a return specialist first before anything and a gadget player right after that just like James mentioned so it doesn't make McKenzie expendable it maybe make speedy speedy expendable yeah. you know so bean is bringing in competition he's making this you know probably the most competitive roster that the bills have had thus far especially i mean when you know you got the target on your back is you know, super bowl favorites and all of that stuff you want to bring in guys like that because now you bring another added piece uh that teams are going to have to you know try to scheme for uh, what you going to do when you have to put the ball deep in your territory to a guy like Tavon Austin or what if they just put both of them back there on a punt, McKenzie and Tavon Austin, you never know what can happen. You know what I mean? 
it, it hasn't happened, you know what I mean? But me being a coach, I'm like, well, okay, pick your poison. Let me throw both of them back there and see. Are you going to kick it to one? Are you going to kick it away? You know what I mean? Teams are not going to directly kick it to Tavon Allison with, 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 if they're kicking from their own 10 or their 20-yard line. I can tell you that right now. So that's going to, you know, force – uh, either you're going to kick the ball to Tavon Austin or you're going to give Josh Allen a short field. So teams are going to have to really pick their poison, you know, dealing with a guy like that, you know what I mean, in the punt return game. So um, I think he definitely has a chance to make this roster as a return specialist. Um, and then the gadget stuff will come, you know, somewhere during the course of the season. Uh, let's not forget the Bills do have Jamison Crowder. Uh, you know, and Isaiah McKenzie is definitely having, you know, a great camp so far. Let's hopefully they, that that could uh, spill over to mini camp and then training camp is going to be to tell with the tape, obviously, when, you know, they can do a little bit more hitting and, 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 and being a little bit more physical at the point of attack. But right now, it's just a formality, a process of development. And right now, hey, man, McKenzie's looking good. So he's going to definitely make that roster. Uh, Tavon Allison is an explosive piece. You get the ball in his hands in open space. He's very electric. And let's not forget, he ran a 2-4-8 coming out of college. Might not be able to run that now, but I bet you that thing is still in the 4-3s, 4-4 somewhere. And that's definitely a viable asset, especially with this type of offense that the Bills possess. All right. <laughs> both good points. Good points on both sides there. Good points on both sides. So, when it came to Tavon Austin, obviously I've already talked about the YouTube videos I used to watch and watching him and, and, and trying to emulate things that he did. And he, obviously this is a guy who went in the top 10 of his, of his draft class for a reason. There's a guy that multiple team have picked up over the years for the same exact reason that the bills have most likely picked him up. But then when I started thinking back, I, I really thought about it. That was 10 years ago. So now we're 10 years in. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I'm look I went back and I wanted to I just wanted to look at the return stats of what he's been doing to, to get a gauge on. And obviously, don't get me wrong, stats are not everything. Situations matter, organizations matter, coaching matters, and the people around you matter more than anything. It's a guy who's returned 24 point punts over the past three years for about an average of 4.5 yards. I said, okay, I'm gonna give him a pass. Um, obviously it's only 24 punts. It's something that he was not doing consistently. So when these teams that he was on, they were not having to do it consistently. I don't know if it was back. I think with Jacksonville last year, he only returned three. So, I mean, that's, as James said before, he's running back. You never lose your vision. You don't learn. You don't forget how to return punts. If you, if you're, if you're naturally good at it. But the part I disagreed with was this. I don't think he puts Isaiah McKenzie. I'm, I'm with you, Mook. I don't believe he puts Isaiah McKenzie's roster spot in jeopardy just because I think McKenzie is your fourth your fourth or fifth receiver, regardless besides return. Now, mind you, as far as return, I, I go back and forth. I, I don't know. But that contract that McKenzie signed, that's why I say I think his roster spot is safe no matter what because if you don't, if you don't have any use for him, then as he had $2 million, you honestly could just make him inactive every week if that's what you so choose to do. It ain't really killing you financially. It's not something that you got to get off the books. And it's a guy where if you have a receiver go down, he knows the office. It's a guy that if punt returners go down, like we've had people go down the last couple of years, 
it's a guy that you could put back there and say, well, I'm not, I'm not too sure if he's going to catch this damn thing, <laughs> but if he does, we know he can kind of return it. Um, I think his receiver spot locks him in more, but James, we were talking off air uh, yesterday, the spot that Tavon Austin could put in jeopardy, I think is a veteran is like you said yesterday in the phone was Ty- Tyron Jones. Very positive. I think, I think, t- I think now Tyron Jones spot, if one of those safeties of Demar Hamlin, or Jaquan Johnson, or Nick McLeod, like guy who you've been screaming the last year, can be take that other gunner spot, or they can be comfortable across your your special teams ace and Saran Neal, that could possibly put a Taiwan Jones spot in in in, in um in jeopardy. But it definitely puts Marquez Stevenson. This is direct competition for Marquez Stevenson. And personally, I don't think Marquez Stevenson is going to make it. it. It's three years ago Marquez Stevenson be on this team. No, like, like no tomorrow, but now we're stacked to that spot. I don't think he makes it. Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Um, when I look at McKenzie, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying he's bad. I hope y'all not taking it that way. No, I just kind of look at it like, okay, you know, Gabe Davis and, and Stefan Diggs and one and two. Then you obviously know Crowder's are that's he replacing Cole Beasley. Then you're looking at that fourth receiver spot. I mean, it's, it's right now it's going to be McKenzie, right? right. But Steve, just say Stevenson comes in, has a great camp. Just say Isaiah Hodges comes in, has a great camp. It's very possible. Hodges right. just hasn't been healthy. Um, they come in and have a good camp. Tavon Austin, to me, I think they're going to keep him around for his film being shifty, being able to return his return ability. Because eventually – McKenzie, God forbid, he's going to muff a punt. We're going to lose a game because he's going to muff a punt. It's going to happen. Um, I, I just – I don't know, man. I just got a funny hunch. Isaiah McKenzie may be the odd man out. And, I mean, Kumaro, I think you could keep Kumaro for special teams ability. I mean, you, I look at him as a lot for special teams because you can't have just – you can't put six receivers there who all just – they just receivers. You need – and one of them gonna return, but you need somebody to run down and hit people too on kickoffs. Who is that gonna be? McKenzie not gonna do it. Right. I mean, so that was that's what Kumaro. I think he he makes the roster. So realistically, that leaves what one maybe two spots up for grabs. I, I just me personally, I think that he he can be that. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes it, but I'm kind of sixty forty that he don't make the roster right now. Mm. He's gonna make the roster. Right now, Isaiah McKenzie is anywhere between your third and fourth round receiver. Let's not forget, Jamison Crowder only signed one point seven million dollars this year, probably the lowest ever. That he, you know, he, he his market value was ten to twelve million dollars, and the Bills got him for one point seven million dollars. All right, so okay, you got Gabe, you got Steph, you got McKenzie, you got Crowder. Those are four guys. Khalil is still, you know, he's not going anywhere. The, the, the fifth round draft pick from Boise State. Yeah, and that's the other one. We got Kumaro. Got Kumaro. After that, it's a free fall. I just, I think Tavon Austin a lot. I just don't see, I, I know the contract. If we talking contracts, I, I get it. I just think Crowder definitely going to be that slot. I think he's definitely going. I think he's going to kill. To be honest, I, I think Bills fans not giving it enough. That that's a huge signing. He's a baller. Um, mm-hmm. I think he he's going to get that. Uh, man, and obviously you know the, the fifth round pick 
I think he's obviously he's gonna be a lock. They they high on him. Man, I just it's tough. You 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 know what the, the biggest thing about this is, right? The biggest thing about this is that the Bills are so good right now and they built so much depth that we have to have these type of conversations, which we never had to have these conversations ever. I mean, it, it, we went yeah, like no, 15. Right. We, we, it was easy to pick it. But then Isaiah Hodges, like, yo, I mean, he might. I mean, we we, we can't just count him out. Ten, ten years ago, he had been starting. I mean, let's be real. Ten years ago, he had been playing on the outside of uh, Stevie Johnson and Donald Jones. No, I get it. But if you think like Mookie there, the dude got ability, man. And people no, call him Isaiah Hodges can play. It's just it's, he, he hasn't really been healthy. And people just count right. him out. You can't do that. You can't do that. He's there no. for a reason. No, yeah, I mean you're you're definitely right. It's just, but it, it just once again it goes to show how far we've come as a franchise. Oh, of course, that, of course. That we're having these conversations, and these conversations matter. But my thing is this: I think that honestly, the one I think that we may list Tavon Austin as a running back. I don't even think if 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 they feel that confident in his returnability. They now we're number eighty six. <laughs> you could well, we know you could change that anytime. <laughs> yeah, you I'm talking. Change, hell, you go any, you go any number you want to go to nowadays. So it just he may take Taiwan's Jones roster spot, and you may list him as a running back. And your your game day roster may be Devin Singletary active, and either Duke Johnson or Zach Moss, whichever one of those guys make the roster. Duke active, and then you may have uh, you're gonna have to have James Cook active. I don't know. I don't know what you do here because I'm I'm not used to this team carrying extra bodies on offense. It's just one thing when we look at it, and it and they both may make the roster. We may be talking about it, Isaiah McKenzie and Tavon Austin. Honestly, if they keep seven receivers, they both will make the roster if they keep seven. If they keep six, that's a different story. If they keep seven, you know they both gonna make it. Um, that's just my opinion. I just think with the return, it's a huge, huge hole. If you take Tavon Austin off this roster. The Bills will lose a game or two because of special teams. Book it. They didn't they, they flew by under the radar too much with just poor return play last year. It's not gonna happen again. They lost the home opener versus Pittsburgh on special teams. Yeah. I'm telling you, people keep yeah. just writing it off. You can't keep doing that. Because Matt Mott, uh, my one of my coaches who coaches the NFL now in college told us a Punt returner to just feel they punt, don't even got to run, is worth a thousand yard running back. Like people, they fail to realize how valuable it is to just feel the punt. Let somebody muff a punt. That flips the game faster than anything. You know, the percentage of losing the game if you muff a punt is over 90%. You lose the game over 90% of the times you muff a punt. If, if you block a punt, you win the game 96% of the times. That's a big, that's a big, that's, that's a fact. And people just love to overlook that. You can't keep overlooking looking this, man. It's huge. No, it's it's going to be interesting. Like I said, I, I think that I've been saying it for a few last few years. I would love to see the Bills change their game day roster philosophy a little bit here. I would love to see Buffalo maybe drop an extra safety off that game day roster. Maybe drop an extra quarterback off that game roster once Tredavious White is back and you know he's fully healthy. Maybe drop one defense alignment off that game to roster and add, add two spots to that offense around your quarterback. 
that where that way you can afford to keep a Tavon Austin as I don't know if you want to keep him as a fourth running back, do so. If you want to keep him as a sixth receiver, do so. But give yourself the ability to do that. Because we it's not like we haven't done it before necessarily. We were keeping Andre Roberts as what the fifth or sixth receiver, sixth receiver sometimes. Obviously, we saw the major mistake when we won that Tennessee game on that Tuesday when we had him as the as the thing as the fourth or fifth receiver that game. The yeah. fourth receiver that game. You can't just put anybody out there running your court for your quarterback. But this is a very interesting topic. And 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 we won't know what happens until preseason. Tavon, Tavon is gonna have to really show something in preseason to make this roster. I think he right now he's on the outside looking in. Because we know one thing about Sean McDermott, he likes familiarity. That's his thing, and it's always been his thing, it's familiarity. Sometimes it's been bad, sometimes it's been good. Most of the time, I'd say, honestly, it probably hasn't worked in our favor. But the thing about it, well, I think about it too, and more, <laughs> you know this from being around a while, if you bring a guy like that in right now, at this point in time in OTAs, you're not bringing him in the audition. He, he's going to have a role. You don't bring a guy yeah. in. If that's the case, you'll bring a body in. You can bring a body in a week a, a week before camp and have him run through camp. If you bring a guy in to get him familiar during OTAs, you're not bringing him in to compete. He's going to have some type of role. You don't. That's that's very rare. Usually you'll have guys sign right before camp. That's when you'll see a mad rush. Like that week before camp start, you'll see a whole bunch of the veterans get signed. But when you sign a guy during OTAs and offseason, it's for a reason. It's not a that's that's not a dummy mission. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mean, let's bring a return specialist in here. Maybe Isaiah McKenzie became a little bit too more valuable on the offense to, you know, having just return kicks and punts. That's so possible. we gotta bring we gotta bring another guy in, you know. Uh we don't like our backup guy at that spot. So let's bring a more seasoned veteran who's more prone to doing what he do best, and that's being a return specialist. So, of course, you got to bring in those type of players that that's what they do. They're a return specialist. How can we up the ante on this roster in the return game? We do have speed, but, you know, we have some flaws with that speed. Number one is fielding the damn punt. All right, and that's one thing of Andre Roberts had that made him a Pro Bowler. He fielded the punt pretty good. He never he he never made a bad decision with the football, and that's what made him a Pro Bowler. He understood, you know, as, as much as much yards he could get in the return game, whether it was returning a kickoff or or a punt. Not necessarily the breakaway speed that you were hoping out back in this heyday, of course, but an older, uh, more mature Roberts. Uh, but just going to make sure that he put the offense in the best uh, position to, uh, you know, get up the field. And that's what he did uh, in Buffalo for two years. So we got to get back to that. We haven't been the same since then. So the Bills are looking for that right now in a more speedier, uh, more savvy like in Tavon Austin. So we'll see. We definitely going to see when, when the pass get the pop in the training camp and a few preseason games, you know, takes place. We're definitely going to get an opportunity to not only see Tavon Austin, but we're going to see have uh, Marquis Stevenson, you know, matured enough to maybe he could force Tavon off the roster. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. just that stir of competition that Brandon Bean is creating on this roster. Well, if it's up to me, um, 
and, and, and Tavon, if he shows something in camp, because this is probably if you go back in his history, this is probably going to be his best chance at winning beyond the run roster. He was Tavon's been on a lot of bad rosters over the, the majority of his career. Um, so maybe this is a benefit to him to actually have a chance to be on a winning a winning team. But I, I'd say this. I'm imploring the Bills to get away from the nine defense alignment the game day roster. You can afford with paying Von Miller $120 million. We've taken both Boogie Bash and AJ Epinesa with second round picks. We've using a first round pick on Greg Russo and signing Tim Settle to money. Um, having Ed Oliver as a top 10 pick. With having those guys, there's no reason to me to be carrying nine defense alignment anymore in a game day roster. I'm sorry. Somebody going to have to slug it out for that eighth spot on the game day roster, and the rest of them going to be inactive, or you can request trades. You can really request your release, whatever you got to do. But we shouldn't be carrying nine defensive linemen if our punt returner is not set. You have to allocate a roster spot to this position if you so need to this all, this season. You absolutely have to. There's no reason for it anymore. And the last thing but not least, speaking about – uh safeties because i also said that i wouldn't mind seeing a safety cut off the game day roster as well um jordan poyer the bills actually came out um to talk about uh poyer and they express said that they believe he'll be at mandatory minicamp i'm actually waiting to see if he's going to show up there or not. I, I don't know what you guys gentlemen take what you gentlemen take is on that i don't know if you you guys think he will be there i know normally when you're in a contract dispute Mandatory mini camp is usually not when you show up, but we will see. Uh, Mook, I'll let you go first. Jordan Ford, do you think JP gonna be at mandatory mini camp? Really, really, Jeremy, you you know, is he gonna be there or not? You just down there with him. I don't, I was down, I didn't, I didn't ask the man if he's gonna be there. I never talk about another man's money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, he just blurted out just having a few beers about that. You know what he's doing. I heard I heard that he's gonna he's gonna be here in Buffalo, but I heard that he may not show up. You know, I heard that. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard that. And then, you know, I heard that, you know, that he's gonna show. You know what I mean? We'll just have to see next week. You know what I mean? It's not that far away. You know, we would definitely find out in these next four to five days. Who's going to show? Now, I'm quite sure that it, <laughs> majority of the team has been showing up for these OTAs. So I, it's mandatory. Just about the entire team is going to show up. Not to have Poyer there. Hmm. I think guys are going to feel a certain type of way about that if he don't. You show. think so? I mean, do, do you do you think guys are going to feel a certain type of way because he didn't show? Or do you think certain guys are going to feel a certain type of way? Because like, hey, man, I mean his pay is kind of loading what he should be getting. I mean, I guess you're going to have a, you probably have a split, right? Oh yeah. You can say that now, but I mean, kind of your contract. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get on this Super Bowl run. If Bills win this Super Bowl, then obviously somebody's going to give you a bag that you're looking for. And I mean, let's be realistic, right? You got Dawson Knox, you got Devin Singletary, you got Tremaine Edmonds, uh, you got a few other guys that's on one-year deals that 
you know, could have a, a solid season and, and, and want to stay. The Bills want to keep them, whatever the case may be. So here it is, Jordan. You know, you're on the wrong side at 30. You're a 10-year veteran. You made all pro. We ain't taking that out away from you. But this is the business side of the NFL. And, I mean, just look at how Kansas City treated Honey Badger. Yeah. Honey Badger is way younger than Jordan Poirier is right now. And he had to sit out and, and wait for a gig. So, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's coming to a head. And don't want it to be nasty, you know. But, you know, I just hope my man uh, Poe do the right thing and just come on the training camp. You're going to get your back one way or the other. But it would be real nice that you can have a Super Bowl ring to add to it. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, focus on that first, and then you're going to get your back one way or the other. Is the Bills going to pay you or some other team is going to pay you? But focus on the ring right now. You know what I mean? All right. James, uh, do you think do you think our all-pro safety will be there? And if you were in the shoes, you, you're a former player, would you be there? You want your money. Does he deserve more? Yes. Okay. Should he be there? Will he be there? I think <laughs> I think he may show. I think he is. Okay. Well, what are you gonna do when he when he's there? I don't know. Um, you know, he may be like, hey, I'm chilling. My, my hand me a little tight. You never know. Ah, um, you know, okay. so but my issue with him is this. You agreed to a contract extension two years ago. It's not like you outplayed your original contract. The Bills revisited and took care of you two years ago. Now you're dipping back and wanting more again. That if, if he was playing off an original deal and was sitting out, I'd be okay with it, right? But the Bills, they made it right. They tried to take care of you. Was that two seasons ago? Mm-hmm. Two seasons ago. Two seasons ago. Yeah. And you agreed to that, and you signed that two years ago. Now you're coming back saying that's not enough? That's where my issue lies. Uh-huh. I would be more, I would respect it more from a player's point. Like, okay, y'all ain't gonna look out for me. I'm gonna come. But next year, I'm a man, I'm taxing y'all. Ain't no hometown discount. I'm taxing y'all ass. The money that he think is there is, is like Mookie, you, you took the words out of my mouth what I was gonna say. Honey Badger's younger, and man, he's a baller. And he 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 can play. Look how long it took for him to get some money. Poyer thinks stuff is sweet out there. It, it, May not be for a 31, 32-year-old safety. So grass ain't always greener. So obviously, I don't know if you if any of you people follow me on Facebook. I know some of you do, some of you don't. Obviously, I, I was with Jordan and down in Fort Lauderdale, I think uh what two weeks ago? Two weeks ago? Yeah, about two, two, three weeks ago. I was down there with his training. So I can tell you he's in game shape. I mean, it, one thing you ain't never gotta worry about Jordan Boyer is what type of shape is he going to show up in. Because, and this is not just now, this is since he, the day he came to Buffalo, the dude is an extremely hard worker as far as his training regimen. His training regimen is rigorous, and I think he normally starts probably about a month after the season ends, his season he starts. And he's always training in, in, in the Florida. I'm not going to tell you where he trains because I don't want you people going there and stuff. But he trains multiple places, and uh, they're rigorous. So look at him that day. He, he He's in game shape now. So I go back and forth if should he show up and if he shows up. So now to your point, James, now when you when you put it that way, like, hey, the Bills took care of him two years ago and he's come back asking for more. I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. They already gave you an extension. 
why did you take the why did you take the money they offered you two years ago if, if no it wasn't enough? Because the average was the same as it is now. I mean, the average has been for the top five safeties in the league has been around 14 million. So then the other side of me says, okay, I kind of get it though. You come back now because as you guys both mentioned, you're on the right side of 30 now. And this is probably the this probably is in football years, this is the last deal coming up. Right. And if something happens, God willing, and a knock on wood, if he doesn't get injured and things like that this season, or he does get injured, something like that happens, then that then this deal he just took is definitely the last deal. That's the last big one. The rest are going to be smaller deals or one year deals, maybe option deals and things as such. So I understand the urgency to get one done. He's a captain. He's a captain on this football team. I didn't actually take into effect that, yeah, he might show up and not participate, the hammy type. I forgot about that method. That's also the method that you avoid getting fined with. Correct? Yeah, if you you have to go through the you know the rehab process and all of that. Right. So you won't get fined or anything, no. Not not these not that these players ever have to actually play the fine. If you want to be honest, we've seen players rack up fines all the way to the first week of the season. And I highly doubt that any of these guys have ever paid the fines, except if you play for the Browns, because they are a different type of team and different organization, as we can see with things going on over there. Um, I hope he shows up. I hope he shows up just because he has that captain on his chest. Um, But I do understand the resentment a little bit of showing up. We don't know what those conversations with the bills were. We don't know what those contract negotiations were. We don't know if Brandon Bean told him, Hey, we're going to offer you this because a couple years we have to sign this. Can you take a little bit less? We don't know if that was a conversation had, if that was a conversation that was had with him, then I kind of understand the anger. Cause if Brandon Bean said, Hey, we're going to offer you this. Can you take a little bit less so we can sign other our other guys back? And then a couple years later, boom, you signing Tim Settle. Boom. You're signing, um, Roger Saffo, hey, you're giving Ron Miller $120 million. Then I'd be like, hey, hey, man, you asked me to take a little bit less, and you gave everybody else overtime, double time pay. And I've been here. I get that part. But we don't know that for a fact one way or the other. But point being is, I think he's going to show up. I, I do think I do think he's going to show up. Um, is he underpaid? Absolutely. I hope the Bills do the right thing, and I hope, that we get, I hope there's an extension announced in the next week. I think that the Bills should meet him in the middle. The top five safeties in the average at the top five safety in his league average anywhere from about fourteen point four million dollars per season. Jordan's playing this season, I think, around nine million. I was going to ask you how much? How much he playing at nine? He's playing around nine million this year. Okay. The Bills what should him give him a raise. Just throw, just, just give him three, four more million. Give him a raise. I'm talking two point eleven point five million. Let's meet in the middle. Two year deal. Two year extension. Um, twenty. 22-year extension, about $23 million. Let's guarantee 16 of it. And let's call it a wash. We shake our hands. We out. Brandon Bean, let's go get this ring. Big doves. That's how we get this done. And people talk about the Bills don't have money. We talking $2.5 million. He's already on the books for nine. You're not you're, you're not giving him big money. You're just giving him a pay bump. When we, signed, when we got Stephon Diggs here, the first thing we did was what? Give him a little pay bump. Just give him a little bump and call it a day. Get it over with. Because people are saying, well, you can replace him. Yes, you can replace him in this system. Is he a replaceable player for what he does this system? Possibly. But why would you do that if you don't have to? Yeah. I just don't. I, I, I totally get what you're saying, JT. Um, and, like, I just kind of sit here and think about it. 
like I said, my main thing, JT, not to repeat it again, you, they already took care of you. You can't, like, that's that's not, how often do you see that? Like, somebody gave you an extension two years mm -hmm. ago, and then you holding out because you want more two seasons later. You should, you knew how old you were going to be when you signed that extension. Mm -hmm. You knew what your ability was. You knew, mm -hmm. you knew everything, you, all this stuff you knew. You right. know what I'm saying? I look at a safety that could do this, but that's not doing that. The option was better than him, Adrian Amos. Okay. Adrian Amos is a better safety to me than Jordan Poyer is. He's making less than Jordan Poyer. He's not beefing. And he's right. outplayed the contract they signed him as as a free agent. You know what I'm saying? And right. he's not sitting out. But I mean, it is what it is. I just, I just, my biggest issue is I think he should be paid more. Yes. But when you agreed to a contract extension already, and then now you're coming back again two years later, that's my only issue with it. Last thing about it is one thing about it I wanted to correct you on. He didn't hold out yet. He ain't held out yet. True. He hasn't held out. He's he's True. just kind of voiced his displeasure. He ain't, you're right. He has, you're he right. has not held. You are 100% right. 100% right. I apologize. I was wrong. Not going to hold out. No, I don't, I don't think so. Michael Hyde is not going to allow him to hold out. But, I mean, you know, you got to take advantage of this. I mean, you, you're all pro. He should have been all pro a couple of years ago, if you ask me. Uh, his numbers definitely prove that he's been one of the top safeties in the NFL, you know, the past three years. I mean, his numbers can show you that. Um, it's just now that, you know, he's finally getting the recognition that he deserved it. And I get it. You know what I mean? And now it's just time to maximize maximize that i mean when you 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 when you're all pro i mean you reach the pinnacle of your position you know what i mean so you know how can i turn that into you know more dollars for me being on a on a on the wrong side of 30 so he has to get all that he can get you know what i mean because he's on his way out and furthermore i mean i don't think he's going to hold out because he's never been in this position in, throughout his career on having a chance on winning the super bowl uh, with, with all this hoopla and hype surrounding the team, you want to be a part of that. You don't want to, you know, rock the boat and be against that and make it all about you and some money. You know what I mean? That's just not how the culture is in Buffalo. So, you know, he was one of the McDermott's first signings ever. And first I'm two. quite sure they're going, they're going, they're going to reach yeah. some sort of meeting and and work a deal out with him, and you know, just get this thing over with. You know what I mean? I don't think Poyer is going to go anywhere. Uh, you cannot replace an all pro with anybody. Whatever you no, got right right there on that on that roster, you can't replace that. So, you right. know, they're not they're they're not done by by far. You know what I mean? So, the best duo, the best safety duo in the NFL. You want to keep that around because that's one of the reasons why the Bills defense were number one last year. You know what I mean? So now you got you know that 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 those guys up front wreaking havoc. Just imagine, you know, what Jordan Poirier can do with playing with Yvonne Miller and, you know, the rest of those guys up front now. You know what I mean? It's not going to be Tremaine Edmonds ain't going to be the only guy that's going to reap those benefits of what those guys are going to be doing up front. So you want to see what that looks like. As a defensive coordinator, you want to see what that looks like. You want to have all your core guys there. You want to have all your pieces there. You know what I mean? So... At the end of the day, I'm quite sure Jordan Poirier is going to show up to camp. 
I, I hope so. Like I said, I don't want to harp on it too much. Like I said, man, uh, Sean McDermott said early in offseason he was pretty confident that they'll that, that uh, they'll come to an agreement. When he said that, I said, okay, right there. He's telling them, get my guy his money, get him here. Sean McDermott's a defensive guy first and always going to be a defensive guy. And we know if we know anything about Sean McDermott history, when he was in Philly under, under the late Jim Johnson, they kept those dudes forever. Troy Vincent, Bobby Taylor, Brian Dawkins, those dudes play state forever. And they were good at all time. They were there. So um, I, I would think he would take from that philosophy there. But uh, guys, That's what I mean, McDermott was, was McDermott was a safety. Yeah, he was so, safety. You know, safety guy. Yeah, he plays. He plays safety. So. So they're not going but, anywhere. What do you think? Nah. What do you what, and what did McDermott go out and get? Two safeties, three agents. When he mm-hmm. when you first got there, two versatile safeties, two versatile safeties right. at that. They can do a little bit of everything. So and they didn't take they didn't draft a safety this year. Now I was waiting to see because they took one in the first or second round. Then I would have said, okay, wait a minute, this thing's about to get a little icy right now. They didn't do that. So, um, hopefully, see we see our guy number twenty one off pro po as my man Jay Spence likes to call him back at camp. Uh, um. And a mandatory camp in the next coming weeks here. But even so, guys, good show. Um, final thoughts, man. Mookie Hawkins, I come to you first. Hmm. I just can't wait for Tuesday. You know what I mean? I, I got I got some things I need to address, and I got some things that I can't wait to see with everybody's being here. I'm going to get a first glimpse on what that first team rotation is going to officially look like that everybody's there and who's going to be over here with, with, with Case Keenan on them and who's going to be over here with Josh Allen. That's yeah. what I want to see. Um, on the defensive side, I definitely want to see what that entire defense is going to look like with Poyer and Hyde out there with Von Miller, with Matt Milano, with, you know, I guess, you know, with Kyrie Elam potentially getting some, some first team reps, you know what I mean, due to the fact that, hey, you know, Got to see what life without Tredavious White could potentially look like if he's not ready to go. So you know, you get a chance to see all of that. So I'm 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 really excited to uh, see what mini camp is going to be about. Yeah, you know, another interesting thing is uh, too before we go to James is to see if Paul doesn't Poyer does not come, who's actually taking the reps in that spot as well. I think is a very interesting intriguing question as well if he doesn't show up but he's gonna be there he's gonna be there i got faith fingers crossed mallory final thoughts um i'm excited to see what what they're gonna do with those weapons um hear what they're doing with those weapons on offense how they're using them Mm -hmm. uh that's what i'm excited about what you gonna do with james cook Mm -hmm. how you move it what you doing with crowder are you putting um stefan diggs in the slot more what's gonna happen you know, I'm just I'm just interested to see exactly what they're gonna do, what's gonna happen. This new this fifth round pick we got from Boise State, what he got, what he bring it to the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh these the and every year, you know, some of those bottom of the pack guys we forget about, somebody comes out and ball every year. Uh-huh. It's gonna be an undrafted free agent that's gonna come out and ball that uh-huh. we don't nobody talking about right now. Who it's gonna be, we don't know. But it's gonna be somebody that's gonna really step up to the plate to and, and push for a roster spot. An undrafted agent is going to make this roster. Who? Uh-huh. We don't know. But uh, I'm just excited to see these boys compete. I'm just hoping everybody stay healthy. 
last year was your guy Nick McLeod. He didn't make our roster necessarily, but he did make a roster. You know, I was so, calling for him early. You were calling from early. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. You did. So got to give you credit for that. You got receipts on that, my brother. Got receipts on that. And he got um, he did a safety reps too. So he valuable, versatile. Yeah. So one of the biggest things that, you know, I guess we, we usually do our final thoughts is um obviously I haven't been on air and uh, we haven't been on it. Well, you guys have been around. But I haven't been on air in the last uh, month. One of the biggest things I, I did want to talk about um, was obviously, you know, we know the tragedy that happened in, in, in Buffalo, uh, obviously with the, the shooting at the top grocery store. And um, I don't want to st- stick on that too much. I think just want to kind of move past that. But. One of the things that we saw was the Buffalo Bills come together within the community. And um, one of the things that I want to talk about about that is the Bills get a lot of support from the east side of Buffalo, particularly. I mean, they get support from all over Orchard Park, you know, the uh, the west side, the north side, whatever. All parts of Buffalo they get, get uh, support from. But I've I grew up on the east side of Buffalo. I believe Moot grew up on the east side. And James, I know you, you grew up on the east side. And I can't count. I can count on one hand the amount of times that I saw a Buffalo Bills player come to my elementary school when I grew up in Buffalo. And that's zero. When I got to high school, I got to, we got to talk to Eddie Robinson. And um, I don't know if you guys know. I don't, I don't know if she even remember, but. I had a math uh, a math teacher named Miss Johnson. She's actually the wife of former Bills player and I think a keynote speaker now, Demarius Johnson. And she got Eddie Robinson to come into Turner Carroll to come talk to us one day. And at that point in time, I was 16 years old, and that was the first time I had ever seen a Buffalo Bills player up in person besides randomly meeting Henry Jones at an airport when I was like nine. I hope that the Pagulas make this make a very a real concerted effort to continue a real working relationship with the bills in the east side of buffalo because a lot of their dollars do come from the east side just as much as the other sides of buffalo and in and, and the surrounding areas and i think that over the years i don't think i know that the bills organization have swayed players from doing charitable work on the east side from going to the east side and just overall just staying out staying away from it I understand that maybe people don't look at it as the best side of Buffalo or the safest side or the greatest side of Buffalo. But I can tell you what, there's far worse cities. You don't see the Milwaukee Bucks players staying away from Milwaukee and doing charitable work. You don't see players from the Chicago Bulls staying out of Chicago to charitable work. Hell, Joe Kim Noah had a, a gun foundation where he was swinging people to hand in guns and weapons and things like that. So I, I hope that one of the things that comes from this tragedy is that we actually have a real working relationship with the East Side of Buffalo. There's so many talented kids that come out of Buffalo, New York. James, you have a bunch. Mookie, you have a bunch. Mookie, you've had a bunch. And James, you were one of the talented kids that came out of Buffalo as a as a as an athlete. Too many of these kids are going without the proper mentorship when you have a team that is right inside the city. They should be able to reach out. If this kid in high school is a running back and he has D1 offers, he should be able to reach out to that running back on the Buffalo Bills who's already been through it. You know why? Because that's his support system. That should be a part of his support system. 
And we need to get back to that. We need to get to some of this donation money that we have when we have 716 day and all these the great events that we have. Because we know one thing about Buffalo is we raise money. That's what we do. It's a thing now. And we raise a whole lot of it. Well, some of this money needs to come back to the east side. And I hope that moving forward, we continue that relationship and uh, that they, they build it and they grow it into something that's actually positive and not just a publicity stunt. And I'm not saying this is a publicity stunt, but if they don't continue this past this season and past this year, then that's exactly what it was. It was a publicity stunt for the PR and the cameras because you felt like you just had to do it. So that's just my thought process on that. And that's my final thoughts for the day. But obviously, um, Bill's mandatory camp coming up. Uh, I'll get with you. We got we got to try to do something. Uh, I see if we could do something on a daily basis, something like that for camp. We'll see what we can put together there. Mm-hmm. And uh, get that together. But hey, guys, this, uh, we're back on air. We're gonna be back pretty much every week. I think I'll see you guys Tuesday. And uh, yeah, man, it's good. It feel good to be back with you fellas, man. Yeah. Feel so uh, feels good. I know James been on every week. When we going back? We going back? When we going back? So I uh, got me back tonight. So it's good. And remember, this is nothing personal. I'm your host JTM, and I got my guys with me in the locker room as always. Former NFL run, running back, we got the kind of NFL pedigree, James Mallory. And Bill's re, uh, beat reporter, Mookie Hawkins. Please, Mookie, don't put the boot up anybody's ass this week. I'm not going to say no names, but just, <laughs> let's just, keep so, just keep asking your questions. And nobody question my man. He got a lot of backup over here. So uh, I'll catch you guys later. Thank you for always tuning in. I'll catch you guys not even next week. Well, yeah, next week, but in a couple of days for your Tuesday touchdown. Thank you for tuning in. Catch you later. Peace.